All right. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Steve. And this is Pastor Paul. Anyway, i got to quit uh, being funny here today. Uh, we're here with the Foundations Podcast. Welcome to the Foundations Podcast. And uh, Pastor, what are uh, we are... What are we doing? We're going through the holiness code. Holiness code. So we uh, we've been going through the last few weeks, and uh, as you've seen them on Facebook or wherever you've been listening, uh, we've been going down through the holiness code, which entails Leviticus what eighteen nineteen and twenty eighteen nineteen and twenty, and we are at the bottom end of nineteen. So if you would like to grab your Bibles and and follow us here. But what we're going to do, Pastor, and we discussed this before, is we're, we want to jump back to Leviticus 18.3. And what we want to do is to bring context to what we're going to be reading again. We have to understand and bring us back to the idea that uh, what this verse says, and let's just read it here just for uh, uh, to start off with. It says, you shall not do what is done in the land of Egypt where you lived, nor are you to do what is done in the land of Canaan where I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. So, Pastor, what does that mean? Well, what, what God has given here to the, to the people of God in the law is that the ideal that Israel is to be separate at least in, in, in behavior, uh, attitudes, uh, practices. Uh, certainly they're to be uh, separate in the sense of we don't intermarry into other cultures that worship uh, other gods. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, someone from another culture could come in and be a proselyte. It, yeah. you know, they, they, could, they could do that. And they could come under the covenant. They, there's provisions in the law for that. The issue isn't race; it's the issue of who do you serve. Yes. And uh, and, and the things that we're going to look at uh, here today, uh, there are certain um, oh I don't know. There's certain uh, communities of faith, and then there's what I'll call community of apostates. Yes. Uh, depending on what we're talking about, that will take some of the things that we're going to talk about today and say, well, see, there's some mixed fabrics, and there's some some issues like that and you know and, and and you guys don't believe that we're supposed to do that today so why would you believe that anything else in the law and the moral law applies to us there's you get your gay theologians that's a weird term yeah. anyway but they'll say things like you know well you know in the same way that what was happening over here when it says a man will not uh, you know have sex with a, a a man like he does, or another man like he does with a woman, yeah. that that had to do with something completely different than monogamous, loving, same-sex marriage. And, and people will make arguments. And what they do is they'll take some of the things that we're going to look at today mm -hmm. and they'll try to make that application. Mm -hmm. The problem with doing that is they miss the whole context. This had to do with God wanted his people separate. He didn't want them to participate in the practices of the Egyptians or the Canaanites, Canaanites where yeah. they're going. And they hadn't got to the promised land at this point. No. They're on their way. And uh, mm -hmm. so these are instructions about reminding them where they came from, where they're going. And the issues that we'll deal with today are reminders to how Israel was to be distinct from the nations around them when they're going in to uh, possess the land. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, every time that you have an issue with, well, you don't sow two different types of seeds together, mm -hmm. you don't have cattle you sow together, you don't mix your fabrics, even the tattoos, if you want to be able to honestly put that in there, it all had to do with we are going to be have a constant reminder that we don't live like the Egyptians did. And we do not participate with what the Canaanites did, mm -hmm. which he called their stuff toy bomb. So mm -hmm. they were just general reminders that we're going to obey the moral law. Yeah. Now, let, let's. I, I want us to try to sectionalize this because we have to understand. We went over stuff that, you know, be holy as I am holy. We talked about that. We talked about, like, last session that we talked about, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
Yes. And and now what we're going to delve into, and I'm going to make a couple of just a comment to what you were saying a little earlier, but the the section that we are delving into now speaks to what's going on in Canaan with their people, what's going on in Egypt with their people. And he says, don't you, you're not supposed to do what they're doing, okay? Now, this does not have, you see, here's what the problem is. When we, when we start taking context, and this is a very good example and a very good lesson when you're reading your Bible, how important context is. You've got to take the context properly and read it within context to understand what you're reading here. And what we have today, Pastor, well, okay, before I say that, um, I was going to talk about how that, um, the, the, there's a term, there's a, in the New Testament, it says, what, has, what fellowship has light with darkness? Yeah, the first, uh, second Corinthians chapter six. And we're talking about, now here, this is in, within our day and age, Christians, you're a believer, you love God, you're serving the Lord, yet you want to go and join together, get married, boyfriend, girlfriend, and join with someone who does not serve God. We speak a lot to that, that it's not, so, well, I can, you know, you know, we say, well, we can convert them, and I don't get into all of that argument uh, for our sake of time, but the fact of the matter is, he says to be separate, come up from among them, be separate. These type of things that we've talked about within the Christian realm, you now are going to see here separation, that God is saying, dude, don't do this. Don't mix with these Canaanites and with these Egyptians because you'll see what's going to happen. And pastor, they didn't listen to the God. Uh, if we look at the final outcome of Israel, they didn't listen to God. And they mixed it up, and what happened to them? They ended up in Babylon. They ended up in slavery. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, they just act. Uh, we looked at a particular king uh, Sunday morning, uh, which was earlier today. Mm. By the way, the reason this video is a little late, we had weather here in Texas. It's been a lot of <laughs> and it's been, it's been amazing. Uh, uh, so it prevented us from doing our podcast a little earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you know the one particular king we looked at there in First Chronicles thirty three. Yeah, it's almost like he went out of his way to take everything that God said do not do and he did and do it and yeah. multiply it. And so, but there, but you know, but those things contributed uh, to ultimately that was the kingdom of Judah uh, going into Babylonian captivity. Probably, oh well, let's see, you got a Josiah, so you have a little bit of time here. Uh, you know, you less than a hundred years, yeah. and uh, you, you're you're, and really the, the the path that that particular king started on, is the foundation for every bit of Moloch worship, yes, uh, every bit of uh, the issues with the occult, and the sexual sins with the ashram, and uh, you know, and it's it's a sad commentary, but here we see. Moses writing this. This is before we ever have a king in Israel. Yeah. Uh, before we ever a judge or anything like that, and 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 they're still in the wandering. And and this is the basis of not only morality but the ideal that God has called us to worship Him and Him alone. There is no mixture yeah. with God. No. You know. And, uh, and 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 this is also this holiness code is the basis of the New Testament teaching about morality mm -hmm. and about being separate and about worshiping, uh, you know, Jesus and, and we don't take another gospel, another Jesus. Yeah. You know, this, it all ties back to this. And, uh, and so, like I said, you know, you're going to have people that are going to look at you and say, well, see, right there, it talks about mixed seeds and mixed cattle and Makes garments. And yeah, all let's that. let's get and, into this. Yeah, I, I want to. Yes. After that first verse, I want to make a comment here. But let's read this. Okay. You are to keep uh, verse nineteen. Uh, we're now in nineteen nineteen. Okay. You are to keep my statutes. Now there there ought to be a mic drop right there. God, boom. That's it. You're to keep my statutes. Keep what I told you to keep. 
But anyway, I'll stop that. You shall not breed together two kinds of your cattle. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed. You shall not wear a garment upon you with two kinds of material mixed together. Now, if we look at this pastor, it's, it, it really is um, bringing out the concept of mixing it up. Yeah, and, and, and once again, you, ha you have to read things in context. I realize that when we do these, these podcasts, I, sometimes we go slow on this, and, and, and I'm not going to apologize for that, uh, but but the point of it is, that's why we encourage you to read it. Yes. Read it for yourself. Don't just take what we say about it mm. as the gospel truth, okay? We're not we're not that arrogant. No. Um, but when you read this in context, if you would have just started in chapter 18 and you just would have read all of this until you came to this part, what you would get out of this is, oh, this is an illustration God's giving them to say, don't do what the Canaanites did are doing, don't do what the Egyptians are doing. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's a reminder. Don't plant two different kinds of seeds in the same field. Yeah. Don't mix your you know, don't do that. Don't wear mixed fabrics. It, it, it's not that those things are sinful because they're not repeated in the yeah, New Testament. Yeah. Planting seed is not sinful. Yeah, Wearing a garment's not sinful. Yeah, none of that's sinful. Having a different kind of cattle. It was distinctive stuff. here to Israel in the sense of, I'm going. This is a reminder to you every single day. Don't do what the Canaanites are doing. Yeah. Don't do. What, so this is what you do, you know. Yeah. And, and so just now, there's reminders. Don't don't get involved. Now, Pastor, I'm, I'm just going to take a half a minute here. I'm going to speak to uh, individuals who have taken these these things out of context to try to justify their bigotry and their prejudice and this type of thing. It is not, I mean, the, the, he's not saying, you know, this, this type of, I, okay, I'm, I'm just going to be blunt. Some of them are saying, well, uh, uh, you know, because of the color of your skin, you should not, trying to apply it to things that they're not being applied to. This is not justification for your prejudice. No, no, it's not. And this this has nothing to do with skin color or anything. And of course, no. when we get into chapter uh, verse twenty-two, it says, "Now if a man lies carnally with a woman who is a slave, acquired for another man, but who has in no way been, who has in no way been redeemed or given her freedom, there shall be punishment. They shall not, however, be put to death." Because she was not free. And then it's going to go on to talk about he's got to give an offering. He's got to bring it to a priest. He's got to have, he sinned against God. He's got to yep. make atonement for it. And, and you know, when you see that word slave, it's like a knee-jerk reaction with people. Yes. we got to remember that we're talking about 3,500 years ago. Slavery was prevalent all over the, all over the known world. Yes. Uh, this is not anything new. The, the people of God, the Israelites, they were slaves in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Until God uh, got them out, this has nothing to do with a racial issue. Nothing. Slavery was just a reality of the day. Yeah, uh, it was even a reality of the day when Paul was uh, uh, living on this yeah. earth two thousand yeah. years ago. Yes. And, and you know, and so this is not affirming nor uh, uh, saying this is proper. This is just the world they lived in. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the and the issue here is. This is not rape either. Uh, obviously, he could have redeemed this woman. He yeah. could have. He could yeah. have bought her back. He, he could have. He could You see, what he did is he surpassed the owner. Probably surpassed the owner's knowledge. Oh, the sure two of them uh, got together, right? Now, first of all, did it say it's sin to carnally lie? He's over there giving a guilt offering, atonement before the Lord. Is it sin? Yes. yes. Yes, definitely. Okay. Now, so that, that better just settle that issue right there. Now, the thing is, is the next thing is, is he probably surpassed and just went ahead and got together with her and all this type of thing without that man's knowledge. Now, that man, uh, okay, okay, and I, uh, we are not in that situation today. This is back during those times. But it would be, well, 
I think JP used the word stealing, and, and that kind of has a context because if, like you said, Pastor, he would have went to that man and said, listen, the two of us have gotten together, we're, we're in love, we would like to, you know, or whatever, then there would have been restitution or whatever in those to properly for them two to get together. Well, she could, she could be redeemed. Yes. He could buy her freedom. I mean, redeemed, that's, that's, that's that, the word. There's, 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 there's met, methods for that. Uh, and, uh, and, and in this situation right here, you know, of course, I, in my own mind, I'm reading this, the text does not tell us, and so this is my speculation. How did the other gentleman that owned her know that this had happened? Was she pregnant? I mean, did they were they just flamboyant about it in the sense of telling everybody? It doesn't say. It just mentions the fact that he lies carnally with her. It is a sin because he has to offer a, a, a guilt offering for the sin he has committed. That's exactly how it's worded. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, you know, once again, you know, this is not an advocation for slavery. We know nope. the law made uh, issues of if an Israelite wanted to become a slave because he owed a lot of money, he could, he could do that for a period of time. There was a jubilee where things were made right. I mean, the, you know, it, like I said, a different world than, than, than what we're yes. living in. Yes. And, uh, and, and, you know, so you, what you cannot do, and this is what we see a lot of people do, is they try to, they try to hijack a passage of Scripture or a concept, and then they try to bring it into 2023 yeah. and judge it through that lens. You, can't. you cannot do that. And, and by the way, uh, this this may not set well with people, but it irritates me when people talk about uh, President Thomas Jefferson or George Washington or President uh, Adams, and they'll say, well, they had slaves, and hey, that's the way the world was. Okay. Things change. Uh, yeah, cha things change, and, and you know, and the bottom line there is, and this is, this is, people will take those events, and they'll take someone like Thomas Jefferson, and they'll pull him into our world today, and all of a sudden now he's a racist, he's a bigot, he's you know all these kind of things, and uh, and, and that's that's not the way we look at history. Uh -huh. That's certainly not how we we interpret the Bible. We have to look at it in light of. Who was this written to? It was written to some Jewish people that God delivered out of Egypt, and they're going to a new land, and he's giving them warnings about don't get involved in what they're involved in because I'm driving these people in Canaan out, mm -hmm. and the warning is the land is going to vomit them out, Yes, and the land will vomit you out yep. if you do what they did. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And guess what? Those people who he's given this law to are going in and are going to wipe out Jericho. They're going to wipe out Ai. You're going to wipe out all these areas in Canaan because of the sins that they were committing. And now they had the Israelites. He said, "You have no business doing what they're doing." So we, we have to, you know, and, and bring it under its context. And no, we cannot, Pastor, look at today through a past lens or yesterday through today's lens. No, no, because we're violating a, con a context. And, uh, and it doesn't matter whether you agree with the context or not. You may not even like it. No. Uh, but just remember, you, you have the advantage of living, especially if you're from this country, the United States, you have freedoms. You have a, a you know a democracy here, and which is really a republic, but that that we'll get past that. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, you we have freedoms in our country that no one in the world has ever had. Absolutely. And so it's sometimes hard for a Westerner to look at what is an Eastern book uh, that happened, uh, especially here, primarily in Israel. Yeah. And even when you get into areas of like uh, Babylon, you'd be getting into places like what we call Iraq and, and things. That, in the Middle East, this, this comes from that area. Mm -hmm. And then when you're talking about uh, where is it, you're talking about the ideal of the, uh, the uh, you know, the Ur of the Chaldeans, where God calls Abraham out of. It's where Job lived, the Mesopotamian area. And then you're dealing mainly with Second Temple, mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
you know, issues in the New Testament and in some of that, well, actually all the way from uh, the, 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 the Temple of Solomon was built. Yeah, it's all Second Temple issues. Different world. Yeah. A different world. Yeah. And so we have to look at it through how did they look at it? They, because they're the audience. But here's the, here, here's, the, here's the thing, though, Pastor. We cannot judge moral laws through the lens of, of uh, uh, culture, saying that, well, the Ten Commandments were back there, but they had this culture, blah, blah, blah. God has established and reestablishes those moral laws. So those are just solid. Just don't do it. You don't sleep with, you don't commit it of those Ten Commandment flows uh, that we're talking about. You're talking about your homosexuality or those abominations are still abomination. You don't do away with that and try to you work your cultural stuff into it. Sorry. Well, one of the things I've, I've told people before, they said, well, I, what part of the law applies to me and what doesn't? Well, well there's easy ways to look at that. Whatever God held a Gentile nation responsible for, uh, you're responsible for that. Yes. So one thing I do know is that God never destroyed a city, a nation, or drove anybody out of the land because they planted different kind of seeds or had a tattoo or they wore mixed clothing. No. But what he did judge them for is for moral sins such as bestiality, homosexuality, uh, he did judge them for things like witchcraft, witchcraft and the, the, the occult, the and, yeah. uh, and those are things that are in a context that we can look at, not only in Leviticus 18, 19, and 20, mm -hmm. but we also can see that in other places where God spoke very clearly. Most of what we're talking about is toy bot behavior. Yeah. Anything that's toy bot, stay away from it. Yeah, just don't Anything do that's called an abomination or detestable or a perversion in the right. Old Testament, just stay away from it because you'll see the same things yeah. repeated also in the New Testament. And that is the basis for the morality that, that Jesus taught Paul, Peter, James, Jude, yes. whoever. Yes. What they talk. It, yeah. it comes from it. This. It goes all the way. You know, one thing I do love about Proverbs, though, is that Solomon came back in that one section that we quoted before, and he almost he reiterates those things that are about abomination before God. He ties that into to, uh, kill, uh, what is it, uh, uh, killing innocents, uh, or the, you know, uh, shedding the, the uh, innocent yeah, yeah. blood, that type of thing. Anyway, but he, he ties those into those abominations, and then you see it again in the New Testament, and Paul with his vice lists and all that. If that is, it, how many times do you have to be told the same thing before you understand that that is what God expects? You yes, see, yes. That, that's that's what that's us. We gotta we gotta get it into our understanding, and that's what what is true. But you see, if we live in a world that wants to pervert that. We got people. We we want we we have the that uh, I'm just gonna say the LGBTQ uh, theologians, gay theologians. That are going to try to somehow think that they're going to twist people's mind as they twist scripture to try to justify what they're doing. Sorry, it don't work like that. And it's not right. But anyway, let's let, let's get on. We want to get through this today. Okay, we get into verse 23. Yeah, 23. He says, when you enter the land and plant all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as forbidden. Yes. Now this is, this is fascinating. Uh -huh. He says, three years it will be forbidden to you, it shall not be eaten. Now, let's think about what that means. That means for three years, whatever you're growing on a tree, or I, I, I'm assuming that we'll also look at this on some other plant life. I don't know how that works, mm -hmm. but, I'm, but he does specifically mention tree. Yes. That means that this tree, every bit of fruit that's on it, it's just going to be allowed to drop to the ground. Now, we know that a certain amount of animals are going to get them, okay. but they're going to drop to the ground. What What is the purpose of that for three years? It's going to fertilize that land. Not only is it going to fertilize that land, if you plant one tree, you're going to get a whole bunch more. Yeah. And so, so you don't, you don't, you don't eat the fruit of these trees. And then, what does he say? The fourth, in the fourth year, year the is fruit, the first fruits. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, it's first fruit. So you're going to pick this fruit. Yeah. But you're not going to eat it either. You're going, going to, to give it to the Lord. And what that really means is this is going to be given uh, to uh, a tabernacle worship. And uh, and so the priests, the Levites who were given 
they weren't given specific land portions. They were, you know, they, they, they are there taking care of the house of God. This is going, and by the way, they're all over Israel. Yeah. And so the point of that is you're going to bring that and that's going to be a blessing to them and it's going to support the house yeah. of God. So they're going to be your fruit. Yeah, and then when you get to the fifth year, look at this, yeah. you're, to, you're to eat his fruit. Now, by the time you get to this year, you don't have just one peach tree. I'm using this example. And whatever kind of fig tree, you, you, you got all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and and so you got an overabundance, and that gets into that gleaning thing. Yes. That, you know, hey, leave some of that. Yes. Don't, don't eat it all. Or homeless or yeah, whatever. Yeah, let them. Yeah. And notice what he says here. He said, in the fifth year, you're to eat, this verse 25, 25, in the fifth year, you're to eat of this fruit, and, and that is to yield me, increase, notice the word, increase for you. Yeah. He says, I am the, the Lord your God. God. And I mean, in the Hebrew, I am Yahweh right your Elohim. Yes. And so he said, I'm taking care of you. This, yeah. was, this was not a punishment to anyone. Uh -huh. uh, this, was, this is what God gave them. And, uh, and so right here, we got this right in the middle of all this. God's taking care of his people. And once again, the Canaanites and the Egyptians aren't doing this. Mm -hmm. But he wants them to do it because it's a blessing, not a curse, okay? Verse 26, you should not eat anything with blood, blood. nor practice divination or soothsaying. Let's think about this just for a second. A lot of people get into this and say, well, it's a sin to eat a steak medium rare. That's not what's being talked about here. No. This is a cultic. This is not just some haphazard yeah. passage. Yeah, you, and uh, we, we, this is a cult. This is definitely dealing with what was practiced with the blood. Blood offerings, blood sacrifices, all that kind of stuff. When you delve into the occultic, uh, which was happening in Canaan, which was happening, it appears, in Egypt. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and no, it's divination, soothsaying, and uh, and these are, and by the way, these will be uh, revisited in Deuteronomy 18. Also, it's also looked at in, I, I believe, in Exodus 22. I may be wrong about that. Uh, verse 27: You shall not round off the side growth of your heads, nor harm the edges of your beard. Now let's not stop there. He said, You shall not make any cuts in your body for, for the, the dead. dead. That, see, this is a cultic. Again, this is all a cultic. Nor make tattoo marks on yourself. I am the Lord. Everything we just read here, and by the way, it's going to continue this flow, is about divination and soothsaying. You see, the, this the, the occultic practices. So, what you can glean out of this passage is that these guys were rounding off the side growth of their beard or their heads or uh, the edges of their beards and it was identification that there was also had some sort of occultic uh, meaning here you shall not make cuts in your body for the dead is, is that necromancy uh, master well like, I mean a necromancy yeah, that it, type of it, thing when it says you, you'll not make cuts on your body in, in your literally body. that's flesh and the other one is the ideal of, of the soul and so this this is all affiliated with the cultic worship. Yes, yes, if you want to put necromancy in there, yeah. that is kind of weird there, uh, that terminology. But notice how he says, I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. So, in other words, God is putting a premium on this and saying, don't live like the Egyptians. Don't live like the Canaanites. Yeah, so that's and, what they were doing over there in Canaan. And then in verse 29, this was worship. something that was going on as well in Egypt and, and also Canaan. Do not profane your daughter by making her a harlot. Uh, I don't know what... I, I've got two girls. I can't even imagine this. But anyway, and, and, and why does he not want them to do this? So that the land will not fall into harlotry and the land become full of lewdness. Once again, this is all a culture. Can we surmise... That these guys in Canaan were giving their daughters into harlotry? They're making them prostitutes? Uh, that, that, that's what it's that, appearing that, to be. That seems to be the context, context there. Yeah. And then he goes in, you shall keep my Sabbath and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. And that just goes back to the Ten Commandments. 
Yeah, you know, we don't talk about him. revering his sanctuary, Pastor. Do you remember how when uh, in Babylon, when they went in and got all, all the uh, everything that was meant for the Lord, and they profaned the sanctuary? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. And and by the way, God got Nebuchadnezzar for that. Yes. Now Nebuchadnezzar did repent. I will say that he had some of the most eloquent uh, statements about the Lord, and uh, and I believe you'll see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. That's my own opinion there. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing to think uh, that he could go from where he was to finally recognizing the Lord. Uh, and, and then this Sabbath issue, I'd, if we were on the Ten Commandments, we would spend time with this on what it means about the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath was never made for man. Or, uh, well, man was, let me put this differently. Man was never made for the Sabbath. No. The Sabbath was made for, for man. man. It's a point of arrest. Yes. It, Jesus rebuked Pharisees, Sadducees. He, he rebuked scribes, a people who put burdens on people that you just cannot bear. Yes. The whole point is it's a day of rest. God rested from all his creativity on the day of creation. It's based in that. The Hebrew writer in chapter 4 relates the rest of God to creation and then says that Jesus is our rest of faith. In other words, we we rest in the in the finished work of Christ for our sins. Yes. And he is our Sabbath rest. Our Sabbath rest. And that's how it, it, it so it comes into that. And I would suggest you in the Old Testament, Yahweh or the pre incarnate Son was their rest of mm -hmm. faith as well. Because this is an opportunity where I can focus on the Lord. I don't get involved in stuff. And by the way, a lot of people make this. We see you shouldn't work on Sunday. The Sabbath is a Saturday, not a Sunday. Yes. Okay. Uh, and, and so when we get into that, that that's more of what we're talking about. There's a lot more we can say about that. But then what does it do with this? Verse 31, do not turn to mediums or spiritists. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Yeah, could you imagine the, the, the area you were living in during that time, how corrupt it was? How they were, uh, you know, there's a probably soothsayer, Madam Cleo or whatever, uh, all over the place. You could go in and get your palm read or get your, th this type of thing was going on. And uh, they were all, they were all into it. You know, the Bible in uh, Revelations, I think it's 12, says that they would not repent of their uh, sorceries and, and that type of thing that they were getting involved in in the last days. Yeah, and uh, these folks had to also live in in an area where sin was abounding, and God was going to clean house. But let's let me, let me go on here. Uh, let me see where are we got verse thirty two. Thirty two. It says. You shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the age. Oh, I love this. And honor the aged, and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. You see, Pastor, they, they, they were commanded by God. He's put a stamp approval there on it as well to take care of and honoring those who were older. Yeah, and you know, they weren't doing that in Egypt. And not for the common person. No. And they certainly weren't doing that in Canaan. And, and, and notice this. This is how you revere God. And, and, and then I am the Lord or I am Yahweh. Once again, he says it. Notice he, he gets to the stranger. Remember, treat your, uh, you treat uh, your neighbor as you would. Uh, you love your neighbor love as you love yourself. Yeah. And so here he goes in verse 33. When a stranger. So who's a stranger? This is a man who's not. He doesn't have a covenant no. with Yahweh. But he's in your land. And so when a stranger resides with you in the land, you shall not do him wrong. No. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were, now, and look at this, you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You shall do no wrong in judgment and measurements of weight or capacity. You shall have just balances, just just weights, a just ephem, and a just uh, hen, 
I am the Lord your God who brought you out. Notice he brings it back again. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. You shall observe all my statutes, all my ordinances, and do them. And once again, I am the Lord. So he goes to taking care of the elderly. Yes. He goes to you be you be uh, kind of strangers. Hospitable, yeah, hospitable to, to, to strangers. Yes. And then when you're in dealings with people, you use just weights, just measurements. In other words, you don't steal from people. Mm -mm. You, you don't steal from them. Yeah, you're not crooked. You know, you know. one thing I didn't notice about his pastor is the section that we just read, right, begins with, verse 19, sorry, jumping back there, I didn't get to read the whole thing. You are to keep my statutes. That's the first thing he says. He, he ties it off and tags it in verse 37. You shall thus observe all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them. I am the Lord. So this whole section, you see, that's how you, you, you can mark context off. Is that what he goes through in that particular section of all of his statutes. Um, uh, let me see here. You shall do no wrong in judgment, in measurement of weight or capacity. You know, crooked dealings. Um, I believe in, in chapter 18 it also spoke to businesses, Pastor, the way that Christians conduct business. You're not supposed to be ripping people off. No, you, no you're not. And, and, you know, and while I, I, I don't want to bring into a context maybe something this is not saying, but I think this is practical as it relates to being a, a, you know, an imitator of God. And uh, if, if you're working for someone and you know that you're going somewhere else, you know, you, you, you're going to do that. You know what? You just don't show up one day and just say, that's it. Or or like some people do, they ghost people. They just never show yeah. back up for employment, and they never, ever even uh, return a phone call. That 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 is sinful. And, yeah. uh, and, and you know, and I, and I think you could at least bear an application. We don't do wrong in judgments and measurements or weights or capacity. You know, that's true if you're selling something to someone or you're doing a bartering system. It's also true to the sense that we want to be, uh, you know, light and salt in the earth. And, uh, and, you know, and you ought to leave a good taste in everybody's mouth yeah. when you leave a company or you're doing business with someone uh, or, or whatever, you know, that, 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 because that's what, why? Because we're going to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We're not going to treat people that way. Yeah, well, Pastor, there is, and I'm just going to make this, this general statement, there is a right and wrong way to do things. Yes, yes, there is. Now, say if I, uh, okay, let's, let's, let's say, okay, Say if I'm working a job, right, and I don't like my job. Oh, they're the men, they're mean. I don't like it. Blah 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 blah. Normally, what happens is, is if you do things properly, you will say you will. Well, if you're smart, you will find another job or, or find another employment. Then give a notice. Yes, you give a notice for that's, that. That's my point. You know, I, I'll even relate this to pastoral ministry. Because God has moved me a time or two, not a lot, but, uh, you know, I remember my early days of ministry, Pastor Ian Blanco, I was just a very young man, uh, and uh, we'd been there a little over five years, and the Lord called us to come here to Georgetown, and, 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 and God did it supernaturally. I, I, I'm not going to get into the story, but he did it so that I wouldn't doubt it, and I was happy in the church. The mm -hmm. church was doing very, very well, and... Uh, and, and, you know, so when it came down to it, I got with uh, my church, I got with the leaders of the church, and I told them that I was going to be accepting a pastorate here. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I gave them a two-week notice. I, you know, and I, I did not, I didn't just sit there and say, hi, bye. Now, I'm not saying that there are some times where you may be forced to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been run out of a place or two oh, in my life. Some <laughs> so, but but yeah. I'm just saying I had a good relationship. You know, I had been back to that church. 
I have preached at least one revival uh -huh. for them years ago. I've been, well, actually two, two different series of revivals for them. Mm -hmm. uh, I came uh, here recently. They were without a pastor, and, uh, and, and they were needing someone to fill in, and I had, you know, I went on a Sunday, and, and I, of course, I assured everybody here I'm not going back. Yeah, <laughs> but I just, I wanted to reconnect with some of the people that I knew, and, and it was fun. It was, it was really, really nice. And, uh, and and I think me and my son, I think we went down. I don't think my wife went with us on that one because she was here, I think, with worship. I think either you or my dad, one of y'all preached that service. And uh, anyway, it was just a Sunday morning service, and we had a good time. And, I, you know, I was able, and it was neat. I was able to encourage uh, two young uh, girls that were there, teenage, preteen girls, and, and uh and talk to them about some of the things that happened when we were there back in the 80s. And, and anyway, so it, it was such a blessing. It's a blessing. And I, and I felt yes. like God, if nothing else, he just sent me there for them uh, with their mother. And I think their mother needed to be reminded of what God had done for her. And, uh, but, but, you know, that, but when you're just with people. Yeah. And that, they still love us. I, I just held a, revi uh, yeah. a revival. I just held a funeral for one of uh, the members there. They could have got their own pastor, but... And he wasn't offended by it, and so you know they. they I, I was able to do her funeral, and uh, yeah, and what a blessing! And but that, but see, when you're just with people, mm -hmm. and you don't cheat people, and you don't yeah. defraud people. In other words, well, you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. And what happens is, you don't burn your bridge down everywhere you go. Yeah, you burn the bridges. And let, let me. I'm going to meddle for just a couple minutes, and. Um, how about normal, we could take it into the church realm, okay? And you just, say if you are working or maybe you're a, you're a member, so say if uh, I was uh, on a praise and worship team, I was a children's pastor, I was a youth pastor, I, I worked with the children on Sunday and all this, and you just decide, first of all, not to show up. But you don't have the courtesy to call, say, Pastor, you know, this I'm sick, I can't make it in, uh, or there's something come up, or whatever, and communicate. So what you do is you're not being decent enough to let them know that you're not going to be there. Okay, that's in the church, right? And they're relying upon you. Um, let's talk about work. You know, I, and let, I work from home, okay, at my job, right? And so I work from home at my job, and I have my office, and I work in there, and I do my thing for them, and I do my job. Now, I know the whole country went to working from home, but they're kind of swinging back there after Elon Musk put the hammer down. But anyway, we'll get into that. But um, the, the thing is, is that you're working from home, and you say that you're working, Right. And you're over there watching General Hospital on the television set. That's stealing. I would think that that would be stealing. If, if you said that you, you're telling, and that's lying too. If you tell them that you are working, and you're doing, say, you're not doing their work, but you're doing your own thing, then and not following through with your work, then that's wrong. If you're taking pencils from your office. If you are stealing time as well as stealing items, well, they don't mind that. They won't miss that. Does a Christian do those type of things? Well, you shouldn't. Uh, I, I gave an illustration of being involved uh, several years ago in a, in a network uh, business that I had. And, and, uh, and like I said, it, it was a blessing to me and my family, and, and I'm thankful. But, you know, I saw all things out of Christian people mm -hmm. in that network marketing business that I, you know I just and I didn't I didn't go and judge them I didn't go and say hey you shouldn't do this you shouldn't that I'm talking about stealing uh, potential uh, consultants and people of that nature into your business I saw that and I remember there was a, a, a one of the seminars that we had uh, one of the uh, uh, higher up than I was in the network business and uh, uh made a statement that, you know, what do you do when you run out of people to talk to, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you don't have a lot of success with strangers. 
Oh. Um, and so, you know, you only have so many friends and family and family friends and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and so, you know, one of the things that, that was said that, that was reported to them, and it just sounded funny to me, and said, well, hey, just take all the people in your business, because you can see them on the computer, and you can see all the people that they had brought in, yeah. and when you run out of people to talk to, just take somebody that's not working their business anymore, and just contact them, and just start working with them to bring people in your business. Okay. Now, I mean, they're in your business, but they may not be coded to you, you know yeah. what I mean? And, um, and I'm like, well, I know that, so I'm supposed to go down my organization, see all the people that, you know, I, they've already coded out on me, you know what I mean? Cause maybe so what you're going to do I'm gonna is, take, I'm you're going to rob their, uh, their yeah, leads. so I'm, I'm going to go into the business with them, and I'm going to start working on, and, and by the way, I can click that, I can even see all their customers. Yeah. All the... Yeah, I'm not going to get into what it was. Anyway, all the, the customers that you would get, these are not consultants, these are customers. That was what they did, to go through their customer list. Okay. And I'm going to go and contact the customers, and if I can get one of them to join my business, I'm going to get one of them you know, to join You're not my pulling business. them into their business, you're pulling no, them into your own. No, I'm pulling them onto my You're They'd be my personal consultant. Then I could work with them, and I could build my business and do this. I could never do that. I mean, I did. What no. I did is I got on there and I looked and I thought, this person, they they have never done anything with their business. They never brought anybody into their business. Yeah. But they had all these customers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, I can't do that. Well, I, I didn't even feel comfortable <laughs> asking the oh consultant never mind and this. just say, hey, do you mind if I go through your customer list and see, since you're not doing anything with them? And let me see if I can get some of them and put them in my business. Now, you know, if somebody were to ask me that, it wouldn't matter if I was doing anything with it or not. Mm -hmm. I'd be irritated. Now, by the way, if anybody knows my business that I was involved in, if you want, if you're in my hierarchy and you want to dig into all my stuff and get people to knock yourself out because I'm never going to do with it again, you have my pre-permission to do it. But, but I'm just saying, I, at the time when I was involved, I couldn't do it. And I do believe God honored that. Yeah. Because I thought, if I'm going to build this, I'm going to build it the right way. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to circumvent. They're doing all your work for you. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, and I, and I think some of those things are applicable when we read this. Yes, I, I do. And, you know, when, when you were saying that, it reminded me of an old saying, and I'm trying to get it right, uh, that they used to say about churches and church people. That it's not right, you know, you won't be going out stealing other people's chickens or other people's sheep. I think we're sheep. Maybe we're sheep. I don't know. But anyway, this talk about it like this. It's like, okay, so what we want to do is we want to go down and try to take, we want to build our own church. Now I'm meddling. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're going to go down to somebody else's church and try to, uh, get their people to come over to ours. I, I've seen this. This has happened to me before. Uh, wow, I got to be careful how I put this. Um, <laughs> like I said, yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a. Um, it's when I was pastoring on the coast. This is years ago, and there was a particular gentleman that had moved back in the area. He was uh, an executive, a presbyter. I'll say that. Okay. I'm not saying what district. Uh, but anyway, he, he was executive of Presper at the time, and uh, and and, and I, he, he, I even allowed him to preach in my church. Okay. Because he was there. He would attend occasionally. I mean, executive Presper, he kind of went around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so he went around to the church I was pastoring. He went to my neighboring friend's church. And he preached for them and yeah. kind of socialized with their people. Then he went to another mm -hmm. church that I was real familiar with yeah. and uh, that my uncle goes to. And he started doing that there. And then he went into another church in that city that he had pastored years ago as a young man yeah. Yeah. and preached a little bit there. And then all of a sudden, after this had been going on for about maybe he decides eight or nine months, guess who decides to start a church? Yeah. And guess who leaves 
my church, my friend's church, this church, and that church, and I'm He's thinking, building himself a congregation. Bam, there they are. They're all meeting at the bank. And I, and I went to the Lord. I said, that's wrong. It is wrong. I said, that's sin. I don't care. Now, I didn't get, I, you know, I just thought, if if you can get those people that easy, you can have them. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't we don't fight over things like that. I, you know, you want, people say, well, you know, I'd be mad if somebody built a church right there by my. You can build one over here on our property if you can. You want to pay for it mm -hmm. on our property? You can build one right over there, and you can steal all my people and do it. I don't worry about stuff like that. Now, and, uh, you know, let me ask you a question about all this. Did that man, when he was preaching at your church, tell you at any time no. he had an intention to start his own church? No, had no idea. I'm I, I assuming he's executive presbyter. I, I had respect for him. I, I thought, well, you know, I mean, obviously he had to be elected to that position. I knew a little bit about his ministry and mm -hmm. things like that. And yet that was dishonest. By the way, one of the other, oh, oh, my, the other neighboring church in my city, he did that to him too. I forgot about that. And uh, and he called our district and told them what he did to our church, what he did to the neighboring yeah. pastor in the other city, to his, to these other two churches over here, and I think another one. And uh, and he complained, and my name got mentioned in it. Now I didn't do it. I, I never called the district. The way I look at it, a man like that's going to have enough trouble in this life with me not getting involved in it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to do it. And, and you know, and what what happened with him is that whole. Uh, by the way, I heard because they contacted that neighboring uh, pastor in the same city, yeah. and he told me, yeah, they spanked him good for that. They told him, we do not do that. That is wrong. That church failed. It went under, yeah. and it fell completely apart. And then all those people. I don't know what they all did. By the way, none of those people that left to go with him ever came back to, to our church. And, and, and not to be, it, 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 and let me just say this. If you're not a pastor and you're just a Christian, and uh, let me give you a pastoral advice right here. You know, God plants believers into the body. He plants pastors into yeah. the body. And, uh, and we don't need to be people of low character. They just say, you know what, I don't like this, I don't, whatever. And we just up and leave. I mean, I'm going to tell you something, there's a judgment day coming. Yep. You might not go to hell for something like that, but I'm going to tell you, you you're going to lose a reward. <laughs> you, you, you're going to get in trouble yeah. for it. And, uh, and and I'll say that to pastors. You don't just up and go to this church and that church and this church. Every time you run into a little jam, a little pressure, you're just going to give up and lose heart and lose faith. You know, friend, if that's the way it is, just quit the quit the ministry and just go to somebody's church and get out of it. Yeah. Okay. God's called us to endure. He's called us to persevere. He's called us to be faithful. Yes. And to be loyal. Yes. And uh, sheep bite. Sheep okay. Bite. So, and, and sometimes, sometimes the shepherd bites too. Okay. Yes. I understand that. I get that. There's some pastors out there that probably need a little little bit of discipline in their life. Well, you know, and the thing here is, and. Okay, I behave. I'm not sure how much time. We yeah, we probably need that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, better, uh, it's just, the, the thing is, is I've seen people that all of a sudden get this. Uh, uh, you know what they do is they cause cause church splits, and they take them from here and there. You're taking a bunch of people with you. Is that good? Is that the way to start and put a foundation on your church? I don't think so. And frankly, I think that they're sowing. They're what they're doing is they're sowing bad seed that eventually are going to be reaped when they get into their new church. Their new church is not going to go uh, smoothly. I could give you examples, but we don't have time for that today. You know, that, let's let's just real quick because we're just about to be at our hour. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've talked a lot about you know the. The, the distinction that God would give Israel to remind them not to be a part of what went on in Canaan and Egypt. Yes. And uh, and then when we get to chapter 20, and we just want to give you a prelude of what we're going to be dealing with. Mm -hmm. We're still in the Holiness Code. Notice, I just want to read just a few verses. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, You shall also say to the sons of Israel, Any man from the sons of Israel or from the aliens, notice this is the stranger, uh, sojourning in Israel who gives 
any of his offspring to Molech shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. Mm -hmm. And he goes right back into that, causing your children to pass through the fire. Yes. And and, and and what chapter 20 is really about is a reiteration almost yeah. of everything that was said in 18 and 19. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so it's just reinforcing, and that's what the Holiness Code does. It just reinforces, reinforces, and it's like the scripture you mentioned in 1 Corinthians 6, yeah. where Paul said, come out from among them and be separate. That was what the point was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I hope that you've enjoyed what we spoke about today. Yes, yes. And, uh, and, and and we're really just trying to bring a context into the Holiness Code. I hope you've seen how it ties in to the New Testament and the teachings of morality, especially the teachings of sexual morality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it will help you to understand what people like Paul and Peter and James and Jude and and all those that wrote, you know, in the New Testament, even Jesus himself, yes. uh, where they were getting their context from. It's it, because it'll make your Bible come alive if you can understand yeah. how it's connected together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, like we said, we're talking about context. We're breaking it down uh, in, into context. And I think that helps us understand and being able to pull out the meaning exactly what we should be understanding the way it should be in the scripture. Okay. And, uh, Probably going to go. We're not going to be, uh, you know, parking on any particular scripture as we roll down twenty. But we again, that Moloch thing is very important, and <laughs> I'm going to tell you what today that Moloch thing is very important. Yes, it is. And we 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 live in a nation of people that, uh, in other words, they might as well have been putting their unborn babies into the arms of Moloch. And uh, and God will deal with them. And uh, but anyway, uh, this stuff that we're dealing with is really contemporary. It's really important for us to understand and to absorb today. The Holiness Code. Um, alrighty, Pastor. Uh, let's pray, and if we can, and uh, let's we'll wind it up. Okay. Well, Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name, and and Lord, it is always an honor. Uh, for Steve and I, uh, and, and also JP, uh, to be able to go into any part of God's Word and, and really study it, look at it, and then bring it in a, in a, in a podcast like this. And, uh, and we, we do this because we want it to bring you glory. Yes. I, I'm reminded that almost in every situation you would end, for I am the Lord. Yes. God, help us to realize this is about your kingdom. You're the king of this kingdom. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and you have shown us in your word uh, your nature, your character. You are a holy God. And, uh, and you have also demonstrated how we approach you, how we demonstrate believing loyalty to you. Yes. And, uh, and so, Lord, for everyone who's watching, I pray, God, that they'll listen to what we've said here today. Uh, I pray that you will write the word of God on their heart. And, uh, and and if there's someone who's watching this that doesn't know the Lord, I pray God they'll call upon you right now and ask Jesus. Uh, just confess that Jesus is Lord. Just ask for that you would forgive them of their sin and, and ask Jesus to, 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 to just into their heart. They'll be a follower of the Lord and just make a choice to do that. And, uh, and if they'll do that, Lord, you'll do that. You'll change their nature. You'll put your spirit in them. And they'll be born again. And, uh, and they'll start on this brand new life. And, uh, and then I would just pray they find a good church to go to, a Bible-believing church. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and so, Lord, we thank you for this uh, podcast today. Uh, I, I pray, God, that you prosper it so that as many people as can will hear it. Because I believe there's a message here that needs to be heard. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for uh, uh, tuning into the uh, Pop Foundations podcast. I was looking over at JP's over there with his finger on the button. Anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in today. And uh, we will be back next week. And continuing and maybe, I don't know, we'll see about wrap it up. 
the uh, the holiness code but uh, I mean this is a really good study folks tremendous and let me remind you that we will be having this available on the foundations network that's on if you have a Roku device or Roku TV it's not the Roku channel it's the device little thing you plug in and you have your little remote or the Roku TV uh, you can get the foundations network uh, by just typing in the search Foundations Network and then down, and then uh, installing it on your stations. And then you can just go in there and, and watch all sorts of content uh, that we've done, everything from the podcast to the reports to our seminars and now our teaching and our, our weekly uh, lessons that we're doing, uh, Pastors, Layman's, uh, Greek, and the Old Testament survey and all that, all available for you at your fingertips to sit in your living room and watch them on your TV set. So uh, do that if you have one, or else go buy one. They're only $30 a piece to put it on your TV set. By the way, we don't get any money for that. We don't get nothing. Well, no, if you, if you buy a Roku free. device, they're not paying us or supporting us. No, <laughs> no. But no. If, if you're for Roku out there and you want to help us, we'll, we'll, we'll receive it. But we're yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But anyway, God bless you all. Have a wonderful week in the Lord, and we will see you again next week. Take care.